0: Rasulullah, when his mother Amina was pregnant, Abdullah, his father, was on a journey to Asham. But he ended up dying close to Medina and he was buried there. So he died before the birth of Muhammad. Rasulullah was born, and his mother saw a light that is coming out of her. And this light is reaching towards Asham. And that was interpreted as the light of the message of Muhammad reaching to the world. I am Muhammad bin Abdullah. Son of Abdul Muttalib. Allah devised the creation and made me part of his best creatures.
1: He was born in Mecca early morning on Monday, was born on the 12th of Rabi al year of the elephant. Straight away Amina, the mother of the Prophet والسلام, sent the good news, her father-in-law, Abdul Muttalib. And when Abdul Muttalib saw the face of the Prophet there was no other choice except to be attached to him. And especially when that child is your grandson. And especially when your grandson had passed away. And named him with a name that was rarely used at that time by the name of Muhammad. He took him and went to the Kaaba, And the Kaaba was a sacred place to them. He entered the Kaaba, thanking Allah for the great blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had bestowed upon him and his family.
0: Rasulullah sallallahu was nursed initially by his mother and Umm Ayman. It was a tradition among the urban Arabs to send their children to grow up in the desert. And that happened with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He was brought up in the land of Banu Sa'd. Oh my Lord, save my Save my, save my nation. Halima Saadia narrates to us this story. She says that she came with her friends to Mecca so that they could take with them children to nurse. And for them this was something that they were paid for. And she said that that particular year was a year of famine. So they were very poor. She and her friends, they went around the houses of Mecca Uh, searching for children who need to be nursed. She said that Muhammad was presented to each and every one of them and they all declined to accept him because he was an orphan. And they were saying, What good is an orphan? Who will pay us if his father is dead? Halima says at the end of the day, All of my friends were going back to their camps with children, except myself. I found no one to take with me. So at night, I told my husband, I'm going to go next day in the morning and accept that child called Muhammad since we have no one else. I'm not going to go back home empty handed. Halima says that the night before, we couldn't get any sleep. Because our camel was not providing any milk and the hunger, I wasn't able to provide my own child with milk. So he would cry throughout the night and keep us awake. Halima says that as soon as I picked up Muhammad and took him back to my camp, my breast immediately welcomed him and provided him with all the milk that he needed until he was satisfied and the milk was enough for my son and that was the first night that we were able to get a full night of sleep she said and then my husband went out to milk the camel and it was providing so much milk that my husband came back and said Oh Halima you have brought us a blessed soul so now they're still camping Uh, in Mecca and they're ready now to go back to the desert Halima said that when we were coming to Mecca I was riding a donkey that was so old and weak it was slowing down the whole group and it was annoying everybody else she said when we were going back my donkey was the fastest among the group She said, my friends were asking me, is this the same animal you brought with you when we came to Mecca? She said, yes. They said, by Allah, something is going on. Now they went back to their land. Halima said, me and my husband would send out our goats to graze. They would come back full. And we would milk them whenever we want. While everybody else in our tribe, their animals would be hungry without any milk. And she said, the child was growing up and we were seeing the blessings of Allah on all of us because of him. And God went on blessing us this way and we recognized it. Then he reached two years of age. He was already growing up a very fine boy, not like the other children. I swear that by the age of two, he was a sturdy boy. So we took him to his mother. They told Amina, we want to keep Muhammad with us. You know, it's not good for him to be in Mecca and it might be dangerous. They were bringing up all of these excuses. They wanted to keep Muhammad, they loved him so much. They knew that he is blessed. They wanted to keep him and they kept on trying and trying and trying until Amina agreed. So they took him back with them. One day Muhammad was playing with his foster brother. So his foster brother came in rushing and said, My brother from Quraysh. They said, what happened to him? He said, two men dressed in white came down and knocked him to the ground. And then they opened up his abdomen. So, Halima said, me and his father went rushing and we came to see Muhammad his color was pale and we asked him what happened he said, two men came and they opened my chest and they took out something from it Halima, she loved Muhammad so much and she didn't want anything to harm him so she rushed back to Mecca and went to Amina and said here is Muhammad, you can now have him. We have fulfilled our responsibility. Amina said, how come you're bringing him back when you were so interested in keeping him? They said nothing. She insisted. She said, tell me what happened. Halima said she kept on questioning us until we eventually told her. Amina responded and said, are you afraid for him that Satan might hurt him? By Allah, that will not happen. When I was pregnant with him, it was the lightest pregnancy. And when I delivered him, his birth was unlike any other child. And when he came out, I have seen light that was reaching to a So the protection of Allah is with him, and I'm sure that he will have a great future. So now Muhammad was back, with his mother. His mother passed away when he was at the age of six. So now he lost his father and mother. He was adopted by his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib.
1: Now Abdul Muttalib used to be so respectful. The Abdul Muttalib as the leader of Mecca, he used to have a place where he used to sit as the leader of Mecca next to the Kaaba. And he used to have a mattress. That mattress is only for the leader of Mecca. And his children used to sit around him. And his cousins and the other leaders and the other respectful people used to sit around him. In Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to sit and play on a mattress where his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, sits on. And the others, his uncles, used to see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi sitting on that. They used to move him. And every time they used to see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi being moved by his uncles, Abdul Muttalib would say, Leave my grandson alone. By Allah, I could see a great future for my son. Moments after that by the age of eight the Prophet alaihi grandfather Who is Abdul Muttalib and the closest to him after his father passed away for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Guardianship to be passed on to his uncle Abu Talib Abu Talib took the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu to travel for the first time and to go as far as Syria which is Busra. as we know that the people of Makkah used to trade when Abu Talib arrived to Busra In Busra there used to be a Christian monk By the name of Bahira And Bahira used to stay in his place of worship Rarely leave Only if there is an extreme importance Or there's a necessity They say, the scholars narrate That the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wherever he was traveling There was always a cloud That was following him Alayhi Salatu wasalam, To protect him from the sun and that was one of the signs that attracted the attention of Bahira when he saw that. It's been narrated that Bahira came out of his place of worship. And he came looking at the Prophet Muhammad standing, deeply looking at the Prophet and analyzing the Prophet until people start to realize this suspicions. Here. Why is he looking at this young child? So he called and he said, who does this child belong to? So the people start to point out oh, Abu Talib. So Abu Talib came. Bahira asked him, what's his relation to you? Abu Talib said, my son. So Bahira said, no, you are wrong. Such a child, his father should not be alive. Abu Talib was amazed. Look, how did you know? We are strangers. We've never met you before. We've never heard of you and you've never heard of us. How did you know that this child's father is is dead so he told me you're right I'm his uncle he said "Now you're correct Abu Talib was amazed and then he told him what happened to his father he said this father passed away before his birth and Bahira started to ask questions. that even Bahira asked the Prophet what do you see what do you think of that what do you think of this and then he told Abu Talib he said listen your nephew has a great status in the future And by Allah, if he continue traveling here in this state, in this city, where there's so many Jews, if they see him, they'll know him and know who he is, and they'll kill him. So take him back right away, back to his town. Now Abu Talib is amazed. He's confused maybe. So Abu Talib straight away got scared on the Prophet ﷺ, who took the Prophet ﷺ back to Mecca. It made Abu Talib much more protective over the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ.
0: The first profession for Rasulullah was shepherding. And in Bukhari, Rasulullah says, Allah has not sent a prophet that was not a shepherd. His companions then asked, And you? He said, Yes, I used to herd sheep with compensation from the people of Mecca. The wisdom behind having the Prophets as shepherds before prophethood is that they may become skilled in herding a flock, as they will be responsible for their respective nations in the future. In herding, one attains forbearance and mercy and it uh, imbues patience. For when a shepherd is obliged to gather his flock and herd it from one area to another at once, Knowing the traits of all and all the while protecting the flock from predators, he has thus attained the skills necessary to lead the nation and protect it from its enemies, both within and abroad. Thus the prophets learned patience when leading their people and attained an understanding of the different natures of people. They learned to show kindness to the weak and resolve with the dominant. The reasons for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chosen the sheep for the prophets, as opposed to the communal cows or camels, is that they are animals that are weak and need extra guidance and attention. Sheep are more difficult to maintain as a flock because of their propensity to go astray and wander away. This is akin to human traits within a society, and it is the divine wisdom of Allah to train these prophets accordingly. The Prophet ﷺ mentioning of this humble trait shared by all Prophets attests to his humility to Allah. Rasulullah narrates, uh, he says that I was a shepherd, and one day I told my friend, who was also a shepherd with me, I told him, uh, Tonight I want to go in to Mecca to attend the parties my peers attend. Rasulullah ﷺ was a young man at the time, and all of his friends would attend parties except he. He was the only one who would not join them in these parties. So, Rasulullah ﷺ said one day, I wanted to go and see what they were doing. So, I told my friend to take care of my flock until I come back. He agreed. Rasulullah ﷺ said, I went into Mecca and I arrived at the place where they were having this party. And Rasulullah ﷺ said as soon as I was hearing the music, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala struck my ears, so I fell down asleep. By the time I woke up, the party was over. He said the next day I decided to attend another party. I went into Mecca and as soon as I reached the place and I was hearing the music, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala struck my ears again and I fell down asleep. And I woke up after the party is over, and I realized that this is a sign to me from Allah.
1: He also mentions great events that took place at his time. And one of the things that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa participated in when he was a young man by the age of 20, he participated in one of the wars, which called Harb al-Fijar. And that war break between a tribe from inside Mecca, another tribe from outside Mecca. And the people of Mecca and the family of the Prophet ﷺ were aligned with one of those tribes. So they fought against the other tribe. The Prophet ﷺ was passing the arrows to his uncles. And that was one of the first wars that the Prophet ﷺ participated in. That at the beginning, they were losing by the end of the day, their tribe and their alliance, they won. That was Harb Al-Fijar. One of the other great events that the Prophet ﷺ really spoke about highly, is Hilf al-Fudul. And Hilf al fudul Ikhwani, it started off because an outsider from Mecca came, they used to come to sell their stuff. A rich, wealthy, tyrant man from Mecca, he sees a poor bid when he comes with a bit of stock, he'll say to him, I'll buy a mafia, he takes the stock and then he tells him, well, go and get your money. And he refused to pay him. This is injustice. And this man from zubayd he had a good speech. So he stood on one of the high hills in Makkah. And he started to call upon the people of Makkah and even write poetry. So the people of Makkah got together. Including the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his uncles. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, there They all agreed to stand by anyone who gets oppressed in Makkah. The Prophet ﷺ describes that convention, he says, but Allah is one of the great things, that it's part of Islam. And Nabi ﷺ praised that pledge, because it's a pledge based on justice.
0: Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa number one, reached the age of 25. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was known as being chased in an environment where Zina adultery and fornication was widespread he chooses to marry a woman who's 15 years older than himself and she is a widow or divorced Khadija was a well-known and prosperous woman in Mecca she was wealthy and she used to hire men to travel for her and do business she happened to hire Muhammad. She heard about his honesty. And she was running into trouble with a lot of men not being honest. So she wanted to hire somebody who was trustworthy. She heard about Muhammad. وسلم, so she hired him. And she had her servant accompany Muhammad. Her servant's name is Maysara. Muhammad وسلم, went to Ashan, uh, did business for her, came back. Maysarah reported back to his master. This man, is his trustworthiness and his honesty is amazing. It's outstanding. And he was praising Muhammad Well, Khadija became very interested in Muhammad I mean, his character was uh, admirable. Khadija عنها, who was a wealthy woman, who was sought after by the noble men of Quraysh, she said, I want to marry you. And Rasulullah ﷺ agreed. Rasulullah ﷺ was 25 and she was 40. The difference was 15 years. She was his senior. All of the children of Rasulullah ﷺ were, the surviving children of Rasulullah ﷺ were from Khadija. Fatima was the daughter of Khadija. She bore six children for him. Zainab, Ruqayya, Umm Khalthum, Fatima, Al-Qasim, and Abdullah. And none of them ended up having descendants except Fatima radhiallahu anha. And that is where the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu is continuing through the descendants of Fatima and Ali. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi loved her so much and admiration to Khadija and so much respect for her. Uh, because Khadija is the one who stood up for him and supported him when everybody else betrayed Muhammad for she had faith in me when the people rejected she believed me when the people belied me she made comfortable with what she had when the people denied me and Allah has blessed me with children from her and Khadija was a special person Khadija radiallahu anha when she was living Jibril descended on Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said, "Khadija is going to approach you now, and she's carrying for you some food. When she arrives, tell her that Allah is giving her salam, and tell her that I am giving her salam, and give her the glad tidings of a palace in paradise." Khadija is one of the four greatest women that ever lived. Maryam bint Imran, Khadija bint Khuwailid, Fatima bint Muhammad, and Asiyah bint Muzahim.
1: When the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was 35 years old, a great flood came into Mecca, destroying big parts of the Kaaba. To them, the Kaaba was something great, much more greater than their own families. So they got together and decided to rebuild the Kaaba. It's been thousands of years. And the way they decided to rebuild the Kaaba is to demolish the whole Kaaba and rebuild it all over again. they got a Roman builder to help them structure the Kaaba. But there's a problem here. So who's going to dare to take the rocks away and demolish the Kaaba? Everyone was preserved. I'm not going to touch it. You touch it no no you touch it if i was too scared al-walid ibn al-mughir al mahsumi he was an elderly wise respected man among the people of Quraysh. he said i'll start by allah we only want good for discover so he was the first one to start hitting and break down the rocks down later on he started to ask for a bit of hands no 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 we'll wait tomorrow if you wake up healthy and normal we'll join in with you. The next morning Al-Walid ibn Mughir al-Mahsalami and his children came, each one of them carrying a shovel, taking the Kaaba down and everyone then started to participate. Until they reached to the foundation of Ibrahim. They realized that's a place not to Ghani. so they start to build the Kaaba. That this Kaaba is a holy place, a sacred place. It's not right to put any unlawful money into this Kaaba. No money from usury. No money from prostitution, which was widespread among these people back then. When they got the money together, they did not have enough money to build the Kaaba the way it was originally built. So what did they do? They shortened the Kaaba's size. And they closed the western door where it's only one door to walk in and one door to walk out. So because of that, they also increased the height of the Kaaba. Now there is the main corner of the Kaaba, which is the black stone. Now this black stone to the Arab is also something great. The different tribes at that time started to fight against each other. That war was going to break out between them. Who will get the honor to put the black stone in its corner? One of the elderly men, he said, why should you fight over something like that? How about make a judge among you? Whatever judgment he makes, you should accept. So they said, who's gonna be the judge? He said, okay, let us agree that the first man that will walk into the Kaaba will be the judge. So they all looked, and who did they see walking and coming forward? Your beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they saw him, they all got happy and excited. If it's him, Muhammad, then we'll all accept him. Everyone knew the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa from his trustworthiness. Everyone knew the Prophet ﷺ from his honesty. So the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ made the judgment. And this shows you the wisdom of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made the judgment that to bring a cloth and to put the black stone on the cloth and let every tribe send a representative to carry that cloth from a side and they all carried it. And then it was him, Muhammad, who pushed the black stone in its place and in its corner. Because of the wisdom of the Prophet, ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ brought peace and calm among the people of Quraysh where they were going to kill each other because of this. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wasallam was the age of 38. And he started to see that into life there is more aspects into life and there is more other things in life than just world and life and money and family and so forth. So the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to love isolation.
0: He would go out of Mecca and spend time in the cave of Hira. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would take with him provisions some food and he would go and stay in seclusion, solitude in this cave and from the cave it is said that you are able to see Al Ka'ba. So, Rasulullah would spend days and nights continuously in the cave, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa taala before prophethood. So, he knew Allah subhanahu wa taala, and he was worshiping Allah subhanahu wa taala in that cave. And this was a chance for Rasulullah to do reflection and contemplation in the creation of Allah. The time preceding the prophethood of Muhammad was a time of darkness. Humanity was in dire need of guidance.